Welcome to the sermon podcast of South Hills Church in Costa Mesa. My name is Chris Kretzu, and I'm the campus pastor here. Thank you for carving out the time to listen to this today. I hope that you will be encouraged and challenged, and ultimately that you'll have a deeper sense of God's love for you. I'll be back after the message is over, but until then, I hope that you enjoy this episode. My name is Alec Alvarado, and I am the student's pastor here. Um, If this is your first time, I want to extend a special welcome to you. Super glad that you decided to be here today, and for those that call this place home, uh, welcome back. We are very excited because we are in the fourth week of our series called noise counseling. Um, And I was like really excited to preach today. And then I uh, listened on YouTube to Jeff's sermon last week. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to follow up with that. So I will try my best to make it just as good as Jeff. Um, But it's been a great series because essentially what we've been doing is focusing on this idea of trying to hear from God. And we've been looking at it through different perspectives. And today, um, I think it's one of my favorite uh, subjects that we kind of have covered and will be covering. Um, But to be honest, it's probably been one of the most current ones for me. Um, Obviously, as a pastor, you know, there's just a lot of other things that happen. I'm around the church world a lot. So you hear things that are very similar to this series and things that differ. Um, But the subject that we're going to cover today has just been real for me. It's been very helpful uh, for me, not just as a pastor, but for as a person who is trying to follow Christ. And I really do hope that as I share uh, uh, the word for today, that you will also be encouraged. And if you are just showing up for the first week, what I would love to do is kind of just at a 30,000 foot view, just kind of recap the last three weeks that will catch us up to today. So we first uh, started off with this idea in the first week of looking through this Jesus lens. And uh, what that kind of means is this idea that um, whatever we hear about God, how we hear from a friend, or we read something through scripture, or we think about how we act towards someone else, or the way we live our lives, uh, whatever it may be, we're supposed to put on this Jesus lens, that we look at the way he lived life, but also what he taught. And if it doesn't match up to that, then we pretty much discard that thing and say, it's not how we're supposed to do it. Everything that we do is through this lens of Jesus, that we look at his life and we model ours after him and say, this is what life looks like. This is the thing that God has for us today, and this is what faith looks like through the lens of Jesus. Week two was this idea of how to read and pray through our Bibles with the acronym PRAY. Um, I did this first service, and we got four for four, so I'm hoping we will do it this service, but does anyone remember what the acronym stood for? P-R-A-Y. Anybody? We can start with P. Pray? No. Close. Yes. Pause. Perfect. We're supposed to pause. Oh, is that you? Sorry, Jan. Sorry, Jan. Everybody, that was Jan. Um, How about A? Oh, sorry. R. Yes. Yes. Obviously, you're supposed to read. I mean, that shouldn't be too hard. A. Asking? You said asking? Asking. Yes. And then Y. Yes, yield. Give yourselves a round of applause. Wow, Chris, they were listening. But yes, week two, we looked at the Bible through this pray method and said, how can we not just read the Bible as something we check off the box for our day-to-day, but really intentionally sit there and go through Scripture and read it as if we're hearing the words of God and what it means for us today. And then last week with Jeff, 
we looked at this idea of God placing people in our lives that are going to nudge us towards what he's called us to and even confirm some of the things that we are feeling. And when I was listening to Jeff, it really um, hit me uh, kind of like home because that's essentially my story of how I became a pastor. Um, I didn't grow up in a, a family of pastors. You can't look at my great-great-grandfather and he wasn't someone who was preaching. I just came from like a typical family that I didn't know what I was going to do and a lot of people in my lives that I for sure believe without a shadow of a doubt, we're saying we feel like God is pushing you towards this direction. We're seeing certain things happen and show up in your life that we really believe is gonna head somehow towards being a part of the church. And there were so many people that told me this that I really do believe that a lot of credit is due to those people who God was speaking to that led me today. And I really do hope last week was encouraging for you no matter where you're at, to find people that can encourage you and nudge you towards that thing God is calling you to do. Something amazing about our church, South Hills, is we have this idea that we just not only grow in rows, but we grow in circles. Meaning that, amen, brother, meaning that what we do is we just don't meet here on Sundays and sit in a row and nod our heads and laugh at the really funny pastor on stage, but we also sit in circles where it's harder to do life. We wrestle with questions. We hear a different perspective, and that person challenges our perspective, that we really sit down and do life together. And hopefully through that, we have people that are saying, you know, I really think God is calling you to do this. I really think that God is affirming that direction you are headed in. So I really hope that you took last week as maybe the call to get involved in a growth group or a small group, whatever that may be for you. And I really do hope that you start to see those people God have put in your life for a specific reason. And I do believe that those three weeks are very important to have in your life in order to get to today's theme, that you do need Jesus you do need his word and you do need his people in order to go through this idea and this topic that we are going to go through today. And basically, the theme that we're going to be focusing on for today's talk is this idea of how to hear from God and truly know that it's actually God. And it's not like that pizza you ate last night that's doing stuff to your stomach and maybe even to your brain, right? But really that, hey, I think God is calling me in this direction, or I feel God is putting this on my heart. How do I find the time and the space to sit down and really discern whether or not that is actually God calling me to do something in my life and calling me towards a certain direction? But there is one thing that I honestly think stands in a lot of our way. There's a lot of things that we have going on in life. There are a lot of responsibilities that we have to take care of. But I truly believe is that we are too busy to hear his voice. Uh, I really believe that sometimes we just have too much going on to be able to hear God's voice. Now, this isn't, you know, the first point in this grand idea of, okay, now drop all your responsibilities, wander to the desert, and try to follow Jesus. That is not going to be the conversation for today. But rather, it's going to be this idea and this conversation of how do I recognize all my responsibilities and all the things that I have to take care of, but then also how do I find space and time to step away from that for a moment to really be able to hear from God, to, to really be able to hear and see maybe where he's calling you next, because I truly believe that God is always calling us to do something. 
There's always something or someone or a certain direction that God is trying to call us and God is trying to lead us. And it's very difficult for us to hear that or see that if we are too distracted with all the things that are happening around us. Um, how many of you have ever like heard your spouse or a friend talk to you, but you're really not like paying attention? You just go, yeah, yeah, sure. Anybody? Okay, maybe it's just me and my relationship with my spouse. You guys are all perfect. But every time, like, it seems like I, like, want to, like, watch a show, I turn on Netflix, right? And I'm like, maybe it's, like, mid-season, so I'm kind of already invested in the characters and the story and all that jazz. And I'm sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden my wife, like, asks me something, and I hear, like, a word. And I'm like, yeah, honey, like, that's awesome. And she looks at me, and she's like, you're already laughing. You know what's happening, brother? She looks at me, and she's like, you're not listening. You didn't hear a word I said. You just said, uh-huh, yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. Like, if I can barely listen to what my wife is trying to ask me or tell me or share with me, and I expect to hear one word, but then all of a sudden understand everything that she is trying to say, how much more is it with God? Well, maybe he is trying to tell me something or show me something new or maybe put me in a different direction than the direction I'm heading into when I'm just too busy being distracted by everything that's going on in my life. I don't have any time to pause. I don't have any time to sit there and say, okay, is this truly from God or is this maybe just something I want to do? Maybe what God has called me to do is completely different than what I want to do. And if I'm not setting time aside to really sit through those things and really think and really pray and really meditate, then I'm probably not going to hear God's voice in my life. And what we're going to do is look through a story that talks about three themes that I really want to hone in on today. And it's going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19. But before we get there, here are the three things I would love for us to focus on today. Is sensing God's, gui- God, God, excuse me, sensing God's guidance requires stillness, self-awareness, and a willingness to surrender. And we're going to start with that first idea of stillness. Now, this story in 1 Kings chapter 19 is a story about Elijah going out to this mountain and trying to hear from God. But instead of just read the scripture without giving you any context of what's happening before, I think it's really important for us to kind of set that up. So when we do read this verse, we don't take it out of context or we don't think that God is trying to speak to us out of ignorance. So before we get to verse 11, we see Elijah being this prophet of God, trying to hear from God and then tell the people what God is saying. But before we get to this point in the story, things are not going well for Elijah. Uh, everybody around him that is supposed to be following God, God's people, they're not following him anymore. They're choosing to go away from God and follow false idols. And then all the other prophets, they were all killed off. So you have Elijah by himself trying to lead these people who are nowhere near God, and he's just getting frustrated, getting discouraged, and doesn't know what to do. So what we see happen is he says, you know what, I'm going to go to the mountain and try to hear from God to get away from my distractions, to get away from my situation, because nothing in life is going well, so I'm going to try to go and hear from God. See, if I were just to read this verse, we would sit here and hear God say, hey, um, you know, what's going on? Why are you here? Here's the direction you should be headed in, but not mention that Elijah's life is not going too well. See, some of us may hear a verse taken out of context. And we are saying, awesome, Alec, that sounds great. I should have stillness in my life. I should be self-aware and I should want to surrender. But Alec, you don't understand what's happening in my real life circumstances. Let me just tell you that God does. 
I can say very encouraging things up here. I can encourage you to head in a different direction, but your circumstances are still real. God doesn't overlook that. He doesn't ignore that. He understands that life sometimes can just hit at a place that doesn't make a lot of things make sense for us. And because of that, we see God saying, I want you to be in my presence. I want you to hear from me. I want you to be encouraged by me. And I need you to be reminded of where we're heading as his church. So this verse does not come out of ignorance of whatever's going on in your life. It's because of it God is calling you out to try to implement these three things. So let's get right into the verse. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So we see this first theme of stillness, of Elijah going away from the you know, troubles of life, from his responsibilities, from the call God had on his life. We find him going away to the mountains to find some stillness. And when I say that word, probably a bunch of you go, man, I wish I had that word in my vocabulary, let alone in my schedule. That I wish I had a moment where I could be still despite what's going on in my life, despite my responsibilities, despite my circumstance. I wish I had a moment where I could just be still. There could be peace. There could be quietness. I want that in my schedule. And let me tell you, if you and I don't try to figure out what stillness looks like for you, the next two points don't really matter. Because if we just can't step away and dedicate some time to God to try to hear from him, it's not going to work out. Because in that story, what do we see? We see three giant powerful moments happen before we hear the Lord speak. And usually we think God moves and speaks always in these powerful movements. And there are times where God does show up in those. There are times in your life God has probably moved in a miraculous way that you can't explain besides a movement from God. But in this particular story, what we see God do is instead of coming in the obvious ways that we think and maybe even the ways we want him to move, he doesn't. There's a wind that comes and destroys this mountain, nothing from God. There's an earthquake, God isn't in it. There's a fire, God's not there. And then finally, this gentle whisper, this quiet voice comes in and speaks to Elijah. See, how are you and I supposed to hear this quiet voice today if we don't have any stillness in our life? If we are constantly focused on our circumstances and our responsibilities and all the relationships that we need to take care of in our lives, if we don't have any moments of stillness in our life, we're probably not going to hear this gentle, soft whisper, this voice from God leading us into the next thing. We need to understand how important it is for us to carve some time out of our schedules to have this stillness, to, ha to have these moments we can just say, you know what, I'm just going to try to get away from life for a couple of minutes, whatever that looks like for you, that I just need to be reminded that sometimes God speaks in a gentle whisper, and if I want to hear his words, his voice, his guidance, and his direction, I need to make space for that. I need to make time for that. 
There's a verse in Psalm 46.10 that talks about this idea. And it says here, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. What an amazing verse, right? What an amazing verse just to know that no matter what's going on in life, that we can just be still and know God's in control of everything. But it's hard to get there if we don't have that moment of stillness. You'll never get to that place where you're okay, where you understand and you believe that God is in control no matter what, if you don't have that stillness. What that looks like for me, and it does, may not look like the same for you, but there are two ways that for me personally, I find the most stillness in my life. One is by surfing. I love to surf. Um, it's one of my favorite things, although California doesn't always have the best uh, swell. I love to surf. It's fun. Being out there in the water, especially during summer, it's just like nothing else. It's hot out, but the water is just cool where you can just sit there and relax. Sometimes there's dolphins that like swim by you and you get scared at first because you see a fin. And I'm like, well... <laughs> I didn't know this is how it's going to go, you know, but I'm like, okay, it's a dolphin. Hey, you know, free willy, whatever, right? You kind of get chilled. It's great. Love to surf. It's just very inconsistent because swell, come and go, and it depends on a whole lot of things. There's something else recently that, um, surprisingly, to be honest, has been a moment of stillness for me, but is running, okay? So we first off have a couple pictures so, you know, I just didn't grab pictures from Google. But I actually run. That's me on a trail. Yes, I am a Seahawks fan. Go Hawks. Um, these are my trail shoes that I wear to run when I go to the hills of Irvine and do my trail running. But you can go through some pictures. Here are some beautiful pictures uh, just from some of my runs that I've recently done. That was from Italy, which was amazing. Um, and this is from uh, Quail Trail, which is up in Irvine, not too far from here. But I never grew up a runner, Okay. Every time I heard about running, I, I heard effort. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to put effort into something like that. Stillness to me is something that should be quiet, easy, and like peaceful. So at first, to be honest, running wasn't necessarily that time that I found stillness in my life. But as I started to get into it more and more, uh, now it's one of the quietest and one of the, um, my favorite moments to really just get away from things and just like be able to focus on God. Uh, now, obviously, um, it takes a point to get there. My first mile, all I remember is that my lungs were on fire and I thought I was going to die, okay? It wasn't this peaceful, still moment where I'm like, God's speaking to me, saying, lose weight, Alec, and get healthier. No, that wasn't, that wasn't my first, you know, idea with, with running. But as I started to run more and more and kind of get into this groove and, you know, obviously I, my, my body started to change, my health got better. And I'm at a point now where I usually do like five miles per run. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, that sounds like death. Uh, it was at one point. Now, now that I'm at that point where I can enjoy the running, it's no longer that you know, tasking for me. I could just lose focus and I have to worry about my breath. I can just go to this place where I'm just running. All of a sudden, I just start thinking about God and what he wants from me. I had this moment where it's quiet and I get to hear God. Maybe he's nudging me towards a different direction that I think that he had for me previously. See, running's become this thing where I could just zone out. And it definitely helps that where I do run, there's not a whole lot of service. My phone isn't really working. So that usually takes away, you know, 80% of my distractions. But it's this moment where I just get to be in God's presence, in nature, in his beauty, not really thinking a whole lot about what's happening right now, but really get to have this moment of stillness where I go, okay, God, what is it you have for me right now? What are some of the things in life that maybe I'm managing in the way that's not glorifying to you? 
Who, who are some people that you put in my life right now that maybe you want me to speak to them or, or, or treat them a, a different way? Whatever it may be, I have these moments where I just get to be in the presence of God and kind of turn off everything that's going on in my brain and say, God, what is it that you have for me today? Now, I, this doesn't mean you guys all have to start running. Because you think, Alec, the only time of stillness I'll have while running is my heart because I'm going to have a heart attack because <laughs> I don't run. But what I am trying to say is that's what works for me. Surfing and running are my two things that if I want stillness, that if I want to try to hear that gentle whisper from God in my life, I know for me what works for Alec are these two things. See, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because you need to find those things that work for you. You need to find that space, that time, that area, that location, whatever it is for you, you need to find something that can bring you stillness, where you can walk away momentarily from life and everything that it asks of you. You could just step away and say, all right, God, this is our space. This is your space to speak, to, to nudge, to move, to show. Whatever that may be, you need to find this place that you can just get away from everything and say, all right, God, this is for us. This is just for me and you. And what happens often in those moments, when I do get away from life and my phone and just, I'm in this beautiful trail, right? This is from Oakhurst up north. It was amazing. But when I'm on this trail, right, and I'm running it, and I find myself having stillness, I'm like, all right, God, kind of set the theme. I've set the tone. I usually find myself starting to ask God what I want. I usually start to say, okay, God, here are the ways I want you to move. Here are the things that I want you to do. See, now in those moments, I had this, you know, self-awareness of, wait a minute, here I am having stillness, trying to hear from God, trying to hear this gentle whisper, and yet I'm the one that's talking and telling God what he needs to do in my life. See, not only do you need to find this stillness, but you also need to have self-awareness to say, okay, am I really here just to hear from God? Or am I just in this space to demand stuff from God? Do I really want him to speak into my life or do I just want to tell him what he needs to do in my life? See, we need to have this moment of self-awareness where we go, okay, instead of me just asking what I want and what I need and how I want God to show up, I need to have this self-awareness to just pause and allow God to speak to me. This is verse in Ephesians 1.18 that says this idea of our eyes being opened up, this realization to how sometimes when we do make this space from God, that sometimes we just rush to our needs or our wants instead of what maybe God might have for you. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That our eyes would be open to what he has called you, not maybe what we have told to God or what we have asked or demanded. See, as soon as we create that space, we have the tendency just to go to our ask and our needs and our wants, but we need to have this moment of self-awareness to say, this is the space and the time for God to speak to me, and I am just going to listen, regardless if it lines up to what I want to happen in my life or if it doesn't. I need to have this moment of self-awareness to say, all right, God, I'm allowing you to speak and not just me. And then this last part, 
is, follows those two. Once we set that space, we have that time of stillness. It's quiet. We're away. We have this moment to hear from God. And then we've done some you know, self-analyzing and say, okay, I'm not going to ask God. I'm going to be quiet. I'm just going to sit and see what he has for me. Then it comes a willingness to surrender. See, what happens most times is when we stop talking and allow God to do it, sometimes he calls us in directions we don't want to go. Sometimes his words are a little bit more challenging than we thought, or maybe we even wanted them to be. Or we think, this is the direction that I'm going in. I just know the Lord wants me to go in this direction. And then we have that time of stillness, and we stop speaking and have some self-awareness, and then God says, actually, it's over in this direction, there's something that needs to happen in our lives. There's this idea of being willing to surrender to his call, even if it doesn't line up with what we want to do, or the direction we want to go. In Matthew 16, verse 24, we see Jesus ask his disciples something that sounds really difficult for them to do. This is what he says. And Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me doesn't sound like the verse that you would typically put on your fridge, right? Usually it's like, oh, God loves you. God's there for you. He has a plan for you. And all those things are true, 100%. But there's also this idea that sometimes what God's going to call us to do is going to require us to deny what we want to do. And it's not always easy. But it's still a theme that we see that Jesus calls his disciples and calls us to do. See, in that story that I read, Elijah was trying to go away because he was tired of his circumstances. He's like, God, I don't want to be around there because here's what's happening. I'm the only one left. Your people have left you. I don't want to deal with it. And then later on in the story, what we see God do is say, okay, great, Elijah. Do you want me to speak? Perfect. Now go back into that. And I'm sure in that moment, Elijah was like, yes, get to go back to life and all the troubles it brings and that hard situation and those hard people who aren't following me, God, I have to go and do life with them still? I'm sure that wasn't what Elijah wanted to hear from God. Instead, God says, go back into that. Go right back into that and I will work. I will do something good. See, sometimes that's gonna happen to us when we're in those moments with God. When we created that stillness and we're self-aware that we're not going to try to ask God and demand him of all these things, sometimes God's going to call us to do something that doesn't sound comfortable. That may not be easy. That may stretch us a little bit and cause us to step out into an uncomfortable place. That will sometimes happen. But here is the beauty of when Jesus asks his disciples this. Jesus always asks you something that he's going to do first. See, if, if you're new to church and you don't know a whole lot about Jesus, I would definitely encourage you to read his life because there's a reason why we started off week one talking about this Jesus lens. Because if we don't understand Jesus, nothing else really makes sense. We just hear someone that's constantly demanding something. But as soon as you get to figure out who Jesus is, you see this beautiful picture of this individual who does things before he asks us to do them. He'll never ask anything of you that he's not willing to do himself. There's this moment where Jesus, right before he knows He's about to get arrested, about to be put on trial, about to get, you know, sentenced the death penalty and hung on the cross. Jesus knows all this stuff is coming. He knows the pain that's coming. He knows the shame. He knows everything he's about to face. And what he does is similar to Elijah. He goes, I need to go away just to pray because I know what's about to happen and I need to refocus on God. I need to make sure this is from him. So Jesus goes into the garden and he starts praying. And he prays this beautiful prayer where he has this moment of self-awareness, 
where he goes, Lord, if this cup can pass for me, please let it pass. Meaning the things that are about to happen to me, I don't want to go through them. I don't want to be nailed to a cross. That doesn't sound fun. To, to be beaten, to do all these things. God, I don't want to do it. But then he ends with this important phrase. He says, but your will be done. See, Jesus goes away and creates this moment, this stillness, where he can hear from God. And he goes, God, I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't want to go through this. But then he has a willingness to surrender where he says, but your will be done. See, when Jesus challenged his disciples to do that thing, Jesus was the first one to not only do it, but show them what it looked like. See, when we're in those moments where we're feeling challenged, we're feeling called to step out of a comfort zone and do something that maybe we don't want to do, we have to always remember that our Savior did it first. And he did it to the max. He experienced all the pain, all the shame, everything that should have been given to us. We see our Lord and Savior going onto the cross, dying for that, leaving it in the grave, and coming alive three days so you and I can experience that same life in us today. Then when we take time to find stillness in our life, when we're self-aware of how our heart can maybe rush to do and ask for selfish things that we want to see God show up in our lives, that we have to have a moment to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to pause and I'm going to have this idea of surrendering what I want to you, even if what you're calling me to do isn't the thing that I want to happen. In this moment, this isn't something I want to do, but God, I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to give this over to you. So here's a little challenge that I want to give you. Is I want you to ask a Christian you respect how God nudges them from within toward the direction he has for them and how they learn to discern it was God. See, that idea of us growing not just in rows but also in circles plays a huge part in this, that we need to have people around us who we can talk and we can ask, but more importantly, that we can listen to and see what kinds of spaces they've set up in their lives to find that stillness. Whether it's the same as yours, the same as mine, or completely different, we need to have people who have been in this walk for a while and can say, yeah, I know five great ways that work well for me in my walk. What are yours? Ask someone what those spaces are. How do you have that self-awareness to be honest with God when maybe you're only asking selfish things? How do you do that? And then maybe more importantly, how do you surrender how do you get your heart and your soul and your mind to a place when you're willing to walk towards that difficult thing God is calling you to do? See, there's a reason why we have church. It's not only to learn from someone on stage who doesn't have it all together, but also from people around you who are in you know, those trenches, who are going through the same things, or maybe have come out of the other side of what you're going through today. God has put people around us so we can ask them, what works for you? What's that space? What's your heart? How do you surrender? Because I truly believe if we find spaces like Elijah did and like Jesus did in our lives to hear God, we're more likely to hear that gentle whisper, that direction that he's showing us. But it's going to be impossible if we're just distracted. If we're constantly worrying about what we have to do. We're constantly focused on what the world is telling us. It's going to be very difficult to hear those things. So my encouragement to you is to find a stillness this week. Ask someone, if maybe you can't come up with that yourself, what are spaces you choose to be still in? And then just be honest with yourself. 
have a self-awareness of, I rush to my ask and my needs and my wants. And then when you do that, say, God, help me surrender those to you so I can truly hear your words, so I can truly hear your direction and what you may have for me. Let's pray. Well, regardless of where you may be at in your faith journey, I believe that everyone has a next step that they can take. If you'd like more information about what it means to put your trust in Jesus, information about getting baptized or maybe even attending a Discover class to grow more in your faith, you can visit us online at southhills.org forward slash Costa Mesa and then scroll down to the next steps section. If you'd like more information about tithing or supporting South Hills financially, you can visit southhills.org forward slash giving. Thanks again for listening today, and I hope that I get to see you soon.